0: Welcome to the Steve Poos Benson podcast. It's good to come to you here on a beautiful spring afternoon. We got some snow coming in later the week, but right now, today, this afternoon, it is pushing on eighty degrees. It is gorgeous outside. This is episode twenty. Episode twenty. I'm calling this episode. So, do you have a tube? So, do do you have a tube? You know. I really need to do this podcast today. I really need to do this podcast. Uh, This morning, I was teaching a class on introduction to Buddhism, and I was talking about enlightenment and what enlightenment means, and I asked people, I said, do you know anybody who's enlightened? And this one person uh, piped up and said, you! You're enlightened! You're enlightened! And I, I thought whoa, whoa, let's slow down here a little bit. This is so not me. I am anything but enlightened. And then two weeks ago, I did a podcast about Walter, who I met on Craigslist. I then turned that into a sermon, and people said after that sermon, that was the pinnacle of your preaching. That was the best sermon you've ever done. You're really on top of your game. You are so good at what you do. I thought again, Whoa, no, I'm not. You know, it's so easy for my ego to get caught up in my job as a pastor, a minister, and a spiritual guide. I mean, I stand up in front of people, I preach sermons, people applaud, people uh, love what I do, they bow down before my words as being, you know, their spiritual guidance for the week, and I get sucked up into that, you know, and I've got to remind myself and you, that I've got a long way to go on the spiritual journey. That in some ways, I'm a more than just a beginner. I am somebody who's at the very bottom trying to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's why this, uh, in this episode, I'm going to tell you a, a story that I call, Do You Have a Tube? Do You Have a Tube? You know, here's the story. It started when I was uh, riding my bike on the C470 bike trail, which for you non-Denver listeners is a 30-mile loop that sweeps through the southwest metro area. It's a great ride. It rolls along the Platte River, Bear Creek, through Bear Creek Lake Park, then along C4, C470 back where you started at the Carson Nature Center. It is a beautiful ride. Now, there's also some uh, very open and I'll call lonely stretches of the ride, especially through Bear Creek Park and along C470. Uh, The trail has thistles, pebbles, sometimes broken pieces of glass. Uh, There's not water along this edge of the trail, so you've always got to be prepared. You're on your own, which is nice. It's quiet. It's time to think and ride, get lost in the hum of the spokes and the wheels, Uh, your breath and the zen of riding. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the trail, but it's lonely. It's, uh, It's lonely. As I said, you're often by yourself just cruising along. Well, one day, the story goes that one day I was cruising through the Bear Creek Lake Park section when off in the distance I noticed a guy that was walking beside his bike. Hmm, I thought, I uh, wonder what this is all about. wonder if he got in a wreck or something. As I get closer to him, I realized he was pushing his bike. And now I thought something really is the matter. So my bicyclist nature set in, I, you know, cyclists are actually pretty nice people. And so I came up to him and I stopped and I asked if he was okay. I wanted to make sure he hadn't fallen. Was he physically hurt? And needed help? He said, "No, he was fine. That he had a flat, and you happen to have a tube. I can have." I gulped and looked down, and then saw his flat. A tube. You. You need a tube. I was thinking to myself, "Yeah, I have a tube. I have one tube." I asked him how long he's been pushing his bike. He said, ever since uh, Bulls Avenue. I said, that's three miles. And I said, you know, I thought to myself, he does look a little bit on the worn outside. I asked him, well, what about your spare? Oh, he said, I never ride with a spare. I just don't think I'm ever going to get a flat. What? You never ride with a spare? Now that you have a flat, you're asking for mine? You never ride with a spare? I'm thinking, dude... This is the longest section of this ride, and you're asking me to go where you just went through, and I might hit the thorns and glass, and I might have a flat, but you're asking me to give you my spare? Isn't that a bit ballsy of you, I'm thinking? I mean, if I give you my spare, I could possibly end up where you are pushing my bike for the next five miles. You know, I tried an end run, and I I said, you know, do you have a phone? Um, Do you have a phone that you can call someone? I have a phone. I'm prepared. You can use my phone, and you can call someone. And he said, no, I I already called someone, and they're going to pick me up about three more miles down the trail. I thought to myself, okay, you brought a phone, but not a spare. Your phone is your spare tire. So he said, do you have a tube that I can have? Do you have a tube? Now, it is just a tube. But actually, for me, it's kind of an existential question of sorts. Here's a guy in trouble. I have a tube. But I just have one tube. Am I going to give him my one tube and take the risk myself? I'm a Christian, after all. I'm a minister Christian. I'm a professional at this game. And doesn't Jesus say something about bike tubes, lonely stretches, and what you're supposed to do in situations like this? Well, he kind of does. And these stories flash before me as I stand before the guy with the flat tire. I mean, there's a parable of the Good Samaritan. I mean, hopefully you know the story. There is a man walking down the lonely road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he's jumped by thugs that left him by the side of the road for dead. A priest comes along beside the road, sees the man beat up on the side of the road, and he steps to the other side and walks by. A religious scholar comes down the road, and he too steps beside on the other side of the road, beside the man, and he walks by. Then Jesus says, along comes a Samaritan, an outsider, a stranger. And he comes to the man, he bends down, bandages his wounds, puts the guy on his donkey, takes him to the nearest town where there's an inn, pays for his room and his medical treatment, and says that he'll be back in three days, and if there's any more bill, that he will pay it. Jesus asks, Who was the neighbor to the man? He's asking this as in, love your neighbor as yourself. And the people ask him, well, who is my neighbor? And he tells them this story, love your neighbor. It's the great commandment. And so the listeners all say, well, it was the Samaritan who was the neighbor. Jesus says, you're right, go and do likewise. You know, I'm thinking in my context, it could be said that there was a man riding his bike down the lonely stretch of trail where he has a flat He checks his bag and doesn't have a spare tube, so he begins pushing his bike. Along come a team of cyclists who are pushing for time, so they whiz past the man with the flat. Along comes a mountain biker who doesn't even have the same tire, so he too rides by. Then comes a Christian on a bike. He's wearing his Jesus Saves jersey. He has his Jesus Saves pants with a smiling Jesus on his rear so anybody coming up behind him can say who he is. He has a cross chain around his neck, and his cross tattoo is emblazoned on his sweaty calf. The Christian stops. Here's the man's stories sees that he needs a tube and generously reaches behind his seat to his riding bag and, out of the grace of God, offers the man his tubes and helps the man change the tire. He fills the tire with his air from his only CO2 cartridge that he has, and he sends the man off down the trail. Jesus says, Who was the neighbor to this cyclist? Who was the fellow cyclist to the man? All the cyclists gulp who's hearing the story because they know how stupid the guy was for not riding with a spare, but they all have to agree the neighbor was the guy with the smile in Jesus' pants. And then as I was standing there in front of the man, another story came to my mind, another teaching. It's in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is teaching about how to deal with your enemies, and he says, If someone hits you on the right cheek, offer the left. If they ask you for your coat, give them your cloak, your overcoat as well. If they ask you to go one mile, go two. The teaching rang in my head, if they have a flat and they ask for a tube, you give them a tube plus your single shot CO2 canister as well to fill their tire. That story echoed in my head. Then the story of Jesus and the synagogue watching the two people give to the coffers. A Pharisee comes in and out of his wealth, gives a small amount, but then he pounds his chest and he says, aren't I great giving to the synagogue? I'm such a generous guy. Then a poor widow comes in and gives a small bit, a small mite. It's all that she has. Jesus says to his disciples, who gave the greater gift? The woman who gave out of her poverty, or the Pharisee who gave out of his wealth? Jesus says, it is the woman who gave out of her poverty. I can hear Jesus say to me, don't be so high and mighty. Don't think you can preach at this man that he's naive and maybe stupid to be riding without a tube. It's a tube. It's a simple gift. It's an alm. Give it to him. Yes, the teachings of Jesus are stacked against me. But I digress. Let's go back to the two of us standing beside our bikes. He's been walking. He needs a tube. I have a tube. I'm about to ride to the exact same place that he went where he got the flat to begin with. It all came down to this moment. Do I give this guy my tube? Big pause. What would you do? In my situation, what would you do? Would you do the good Christian thing and give them your tube and take your risk? Or would you push on because the guy was an idiot for riding without a tube? I don't. I say I need my tube. I get on my bike, tell him to enjoy his walk, and I write off. I hate that I did that. If I could go back in time and change one simple thing, I would go back and give that guy my tube. I'm not enlightened. I'm a poor follower of Jesus. I'm going to be reincarnated as a bike spoke. Arg! But I have to live with my decision. Isn't that the interesting thing? We all have to live with our decisions. We all have to live with our successes and our failures. We make Jesus smile and we make Jesus facepalm. I know Jesus facepalm me when I rode off with my tube. I think he said, "Arg." When is he going to get this? Why is he so freaking dense? But you know, there's huge lessons to be learned. You know, from this little episode, I've learned that being a Samaritan is a mindset. Because most often you don't have a choice about when people are going to need your help. You don't have a choice when they're going to be the Samaritan. They just suddenly appear. They need your help and you have to make split decisions. Are you going to be a Samaritan? Are you going to stop? Are you going to help? Are you going to give? Do you have a mindset to be ready to help? Do you have things in your cars that you can use to help other people? Do you have extra food with you when you are hiking? Do you carry extra water that you can share? Now when I ride Believe You Me, I carry two tubes. One for me, two for my second flat, or one to share. I don't any longer carry a single-shot CO2 cartridge. I now ride with a pump that can be used in numerous occasions. But you have to have the mindset to give of your coat, to give of your cloak. You have to have the mindset before you engage your enemy to turn the other cheek. So hard to do. You have to have the mindset that says, you know, if need be, I'm going to walk another mile. I'm going to walk another mile to serve my neighbor. You know, for me, what I've realized out of my mistakes... That the teachings of Jesus, they need to get into your bones. You have to chew on them. They have to bug you and keep you up at night. You have to sweat at applying them. They're not easy. They sound so easy on the surface. Love God, love your neighbor, kumbaya. Yeah, but what if your neighbor is a knucklehead? Who's rude? Who doesn't think he needs a tube? puts you at risk, and still needs your help. Kumbaya on that one. So, I made a mistake. I screwed up. I'm definitely not like Walter from Craigslist, and no, I'm definitely not enlightened. Don't ever pretend that I'm that. You know, I'm pushing a broom on the edges of the kingdom of God, looking for bits and scraps to chew on. But you know... God is good, and there's always other chances to begin again. Guess what ha- happened uh, later that week? I'm driving my car down the road, and pop! I get a flat. I pull off to the side of the road, get out, look at my fat flat, and look to the heavens and say, Not funny, God. Definitely not funny. I get it. I get it. Karma is a bitch. So the next time you're going down the road and someone asks you for a tube, be ready. Have two tubes. Help them change a tire. Give them your only CO2 cartridge. And both of you be on your way. Or if you only have one tube, give it to them. Yes, you might get a flat and you might have to walk. But it will give you time to smile and enjoy the day. Enjoy the day. Another episode of the Steve Poo's Benson Podcast. Blessings and peace.